Hey, Redemption family, thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you. Be sure to tune in live on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at rttnchurch.com. Because there are all kinds of thoughts and philosophies floating around, and here's what I have found out. The more people devalue church, the less they really know about it, because when you isolate yourself away from the church, you start believing whatever it is that makes you and I feel comfortable. And sometimes we need to be challenged and reminded about the truth about things and not just hear the report that makes us uh, feel secure in what we're believing. And the church is one of those things. That, that I did something last night that I never do. In fact, I don't know if I've ever done it. I use social media sort of as a, a, a sample and a test um, to, to, to get at this whole thing about the church that I want to talk about today. And I said uh, on social media, I want to use this tonight. This was like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock last night. I said, I want to use this tonight for something I'm going to preach tomorrow. And I ask a simple question. Do you, number one, do you go to church? And if so, why? And if not, why not? By midnight, I had over 200 responses on Facebook. And, and it had been seen like 6,000 times. And it was, it was starting to explode in an uncontrollable social media frenzy. And I just went to bed. <laughs> I was I can't do this at midnight. People want me to talk about my life and they're trying to find out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm ignoring the rest of this. Hallelujah. But all I needed to see was about an hour and a half worth of responses to understand that, that, that church is for some a very exciting thing for others, it's something they don't even want to really talk about. Because the reality of it is some of us um, go to church because we love church. Some of us go to church because we want to, um, we want to obey God's word and go to church. Some of us don't go to church. And I recognize I'm talking to the choir on Sunday morning when I'm talking to people in the building who are here. And you're like, why are you talking about church and I'm here? I'm talking to you, number one, because, because I think it's important for us today to understand really why we come. And secondly, there are a lot of people who watch this right now or on Monday morning who I want to tell you, first of all, no matter where you are in life, we love you. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, I want you to know that just like you are, there's room for you and a place for you in the kingdom of God. And you matter enough to God that he sent his only son to die in your place. And if you matter that much to God, then jacked up as you are, jacked up as we are, we really do need each other and we really do need to be in the presence of the Lord together. And, and, and I want you to understand that today, that, that there are some people who, who love church. Some people come to church because they obey God. Some people don't come to church. They don't come to church because they're too hurt to go to church. Some people don't go to church because they're too judgmental to go to church. We're actually grateful that you don't come judgmental. We actually appreciate it when you don't get so picky that your coming means the rest of us are miserable because everybody has to live up to your level before you can go. There are actually people who, who on Facebook last night who wrote, I don't go to church because hypocrites do. Like, do you want to go to church with them or hell with them? I don't know. I, I actually don't mind putting up with a few hypocrites on Sunday morning. I'm just thankful I'm not going to hell with them. Amen? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. There are all kinds of reasons people don't go to church. We're too busy to go to church. We're too ashamed to go to church. We, we're dealing with too much baggage in our past, baggage in our family, baggage in our marriage to go to church. And for some people, church is just another painful thing that they sort of have to endure. And, and there are people who are too hurt to go to church. 
you would be amazed at how many people on, 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 on Facebook last night and on Twitter last night, Jesus, oh gosh, you would be amazed at how many people don't go to church because of something that happened in their past, in church. Many times people go to church and, and, and you're going to preach a whole sermon this morning on church, yes, because church is quickly becoming the most optional choosing thing that we do and and it's and for some even in the kingdom of God it doesn't even feel necessary anymore and I want to tell you church was not an option that Jesus gave us church was not an option Jesus died for church is 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 really what Jesus came to do Matthew 16 he said I come and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it I don't know why the church gets a bad rap, but I need to be a part of the church because there's no victory for me by myself. There's only victory when I'm connected to the thing God has decided to bless on planet earth, and that is the church. Now, I want to give you a disclaimer before I go any further. Thank you, I'm coming. I want to give you a disclaimer before I go any further. Everybody taking notes, watching this, if you don't get anything else I say, this is the most important thing you're ever going to hear me say in this sermon. I want to give you a full disclaimer. The church is full of flawed people. Well, that was it. The church is full of flawed people. Why do we think we will come to a church and have a flawless experience filled with perfect people who treat us like we want to be treated all the time in some utopian way like we're all already arrived and there's no work to be done? I need to tell you that from your pastor to the people out in the parking lot to the person sitting next to you, everybody in here is flawed. And if you come and I come to church to experience perfection, no wonder we leave so hurt sometimes. The church is not full of perfect people. It is full of flawed people who are on their way to becoming everything Jesus died to make them. So if you're listening to me and you're in this room and just checking church out for the first time in a really long time, or if you're watching me on live stream and you're sitting up in your nightgown and you're drinking hot tea and you're five minutes down the road, (sighs) listen, we're glad you tuned in, but here's what I need you to hear me say. We're here for you. Jesus died so that you and I could be part of the body of Christ and do not let a flawed person who gave you a bad experience in a church talk you out of your destiny and your purpose by keeping you away from the people of God. I don't know about you, but every Monday, every Sunday morning before the alarm clock rings, I jump up out of my bed and I'm thankful that today I get to come to the house of God and I get in freedom to lift my hands and to worship God with you and to be a part of what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. God wants you to, God wants you to understand that the church is full of flawed people. And because it's full of flawed people, you and I are going to have to work through things in church. Uh-oh. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, work through things. Now, first of all, let, let, 
let me slow down a little bit and say this to you. You and I need to know what the church is. The church is not the building. Although it meets in a building quite often, it is not the building. I'm going to blow your mind and offend some people right here. The church is not one person. The church is never referred, 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 how about that one? Referred to in the singular. You are never the church by yourself. The, I'm going to go one step deeper. If we're going to tick people off, let's tick everybody off. The church is not a denomination. There are plenty of people in denominations that are a part of the church. But the church is not a building. The church is not a person. The church is not a denomination. I'm getting ready to, to tick even more people off. The church is not a personality. Some people's entire walk with God is characterized by the person they follow. And it ain't Jesus. I'm thankful for all the support, the love, the prayers. The, we love you, Pastor. I'm grateful for all that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm flawed. I, I, I failed God. I am flesh. If you're counting on me to prop you up, then you can't do that because I will surely at some point let everybody down. My king was not in Orlando. He's not in Dallas. My king is not. A, come on, somebody. My king was born in a manger through a virgin womb of a girl named Mary. My Mr. Wonderful is not in Dallas, Texas. My Mr. Wonderful is sitting on a throne. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. That's the king that we serve. Jesus is the reason we're here. Say amen. So what is the church if it's not a building? If it's not a person, just one person, if it's not a denomination, if it's not a personality, what is the church? This is going to blow your mind. The church is the gathering together of the people of God. Very simple. Everybody say gathering together. Number one, I want to go to church. There's a couple reasons why I'm going to give them to you this morning. I want to go to church and gather with believers, number one, because I want to encounter the presence of Jesus in a way corporately that I can't individually. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this to you. You can and you should have a walk with God outside this building. Amen? You can and should, you can and should have a walk with God outside this building. But there is something that is reserved that can be experienced only in the community and the gathering of God's people together. Somebody say encounter the presence of Jesus. Matthew chapter 18 verse number 20. Where two, okay, see, we don't like the Bible when it challenges what we thought. Where two or three, or by implication four or five, or a hundred, or fifteen hundred, where, where what he's trying to say is, it doesn't matter how small the gathering is, it just has to be more than one. But I have a prayer life. Keep it. You must have a prayer life. 
You need a prayer life with you and Jesus alone and nobody else. But I need to tell you, and I need to embrace this myself, that, that there are some things that are reserved only for the gathering of God's people together. And, and where two or three are gathered in my name, can I fix something real quick? The source of power when we come together is not in our number, it's in the name. Listen, y'all, I'm thankful for the blessing of the Lord, and this is a good crowd, this is an amazing crowd today, and God's filling up the house, and we're thankful for growth, and how many know when you're connected to the vine, you will grow? Somebody say amen. But I want to tell you today that the power in this room is not about the number that's in this room, because I'm going to tell you, about 14 years ago, 15 years ago, when we had 34 people on a Sunday morning, and there wasn't no 1,500 people in the building, when we had 34 people, the sick still got healed and the lame still walked and the lost still got saved and people still got freed and delivered from their bondage. Why? Because the power is not in the number. The power is in the name. We didn't come today to gather in any other name other than the name that is above every other name and that is the name of Jesus. And if we all came for, all oh, come on in here, if we all came for his name and his kingdom, then when we get together in his name, he shows up in the middle. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody says, well, I'm in the middle of a mess. I'm in the middle of a divorce. I'm in the middle of a trial. I got good news. If I were going through the middle of anything, I'd get to church because it's in the middle of where God's people are gathered that he shows up and takes over and starts turning our lives around. Woo. I come to encounter the presence of God. Flip over in your Bible. I'm going to teach for a minute. I'm trying. Acts 4.31. Acts 4.31. Watch this. Somebody say we. Say us. Say they. See, this is the conversation and the vocabulary of the church. The vocabulary of the church is never I, me, you. It's always we, us, they. Church is plural. I'm going to say this to some precious soul who's watching right now. Or maybe you're in this room and you just come to check us out. I've been wanting to preach this message for weeks, but I haven't felt the release of God. I'm telling you this morning, on the last Sunday of the month of January, the first month of the year, I really believe with all my heart God is wanting to reiterate to his people just how prioritized our life should be and we should build it around the church. I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about the community and the gathering of the people. You read the Old Testament. When Israel moved, they camped around the fire of God. Literally. Wherever the glory of God was being poured out, that's where they opened up their tent and popped it up and built a family around the presence of God. There are people sitting in this room today, precious family. There are people sitting in this room today who moved for whatever reason, just to get to come to church here. It's the most unbelievable thing. Why would you do that? that? That makes no sense. Why not go where there's a job? If you'll follow the presence, the presence will make sure you have a job. Woo! Look at uh, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were 
assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and, well, sounds to me like God is interested in they. Sounds to me like God is looking for they. Now, I'm thankful for all of the thousands of times, mean that genuinely, the thousands of times I have encountered Jesus by myself in my prayer closet. How many are thankful for those times? They are precious. But they are not the end of the journey. There is something that happens when you come together with us and we and they. In fact, I have reason to believe if the only place you experience Christ is alone and by yourself in your prayer closet, you are missing part of the equation. He only fills you and I in the prayer closet so that we can pour it out when we are together. He only gives a word, a song, a hymn, a prophetic utterance. He doesn't do that so that we just feel butterflies and ooey gooey. He does that because we need each other. And the grace that is on our lives is not just for us. The anointing on my life is not for me. Let me say that again. The anointing on my life is not just for me, and the anointing on your life is not just for you. When Jesus stood up in Luke chapter 4 and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me, what he was saying is, I'm anointed not for me, I'm anointed for you, for the blind to receive their sight, for the deaf to hear, for those in prison to be set free. There's something powerful about recognizing that what God gives to you in a place of prayer is so that you can pour out in a place where people need it and it is that beautiful give and take where God is pouring in and we the people are pouring out. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 31 that when they prayed, the place where they were assembled, and this is beautiful, I, I didn't catch this till this this morning, but, but everyone see that phrase, can you put that scripture, yes, where they were assembled together, see that word assembled together, everyone see that? That's actually two words in the English, but in the Greek, and I don't like always to break down the Greek, but this is important. In the Greek, it is the Greek word, one one word for those two words, synago, S-Y-N-A-G-O. And if you understand anything about uh, the the etymology of the word, the word sin, S-Y-N is where we get our word synergy. Everybody say synergy. Synergy is the product and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the thing that happens where two people come together contributing what, at least two, could be more, contributing what they have individually and then what they produce through their individual contributions is greater than what they could have ever produced alone. Something synergistic happens when we assemble together. How many would agree that Pastor Tobin and Pastor Jojo are the most amazing singing worship leaders? Come on, how many would agree? I think that's amazing. I think you're incredible. Like, I'll go on the road with you and be your roadie. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you something. Could you imagine what it would be like if they stood up here on Sunday and just started singing with no LeBron? With no, with no drummer, with, with, with no Dante, with no bass player, with no choir, with no backup singer. What if they just started singing? And what if there wasn't a sound man to turn their mics on? And what if there wasn't a light man that, that, that lit the stage? I mean, they're gifted. But something powerful happens when everybody else who has a grace comes together, works together. Slap your neighbor, tell them it's synergy. 
synergy. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. If you've got some devils you can't get rid of, don't stay away from church. Run to church. If you get to church, somebody here is getting ready to get in agreement with you and tell the devil, if it's a fight you want, it's a fight you got. Get your hands off my brother and sister in Christ. Woo! We need each other. Everybody in this room is necessary and needed at the table. Can you imagine if I showed up this morning to preach and y'all didn't come? Be like, wow, 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 somebody say amen. Ain't nobody here to say amen. Something happens, y'all. I, I always remember the story of going to the, going to the symphony with Devin. And we, we go and, and you have this big crescendo of all the instruments and the beating on the drums and the beating on the timpani and the horns are going crazy and the strings are going crazy and it's a crescendo and everything is powerful and everything is beautiful and it's moving to this one great place and at the end of it all, there's one little man with a triangle and a metal stick and at the end of the whole piece, he goes, ding. And I want to be the man in the kingdom that is happy with the triangle and the metal stick that understands it may not be the crescendo, it may not be the composer, I may not be the maestro, I may not have the solo, but if I know how to take my little triangle and that one little metal stick and at the right time, ding, it puts the seal on the entire piece. And some of you got to recognize, don't you let the devil tell you that just because you don't preach or sing, you are not fit for the kingdom. I want everybody in this house to know if you're washed in the blood and full of the grace of God, you are necessary. You are needed. There is a place for you to make a difference. Look at your neighbor. Tell them synergy. Number two, I don't remember what number two was. Hold on. <laughs> Protection. The first is to encounter the presence of God. The second one is to experience the protection of God. Uh-oh. I come to church because there are false prophets preaching false doctrine and being a part of a church who teaches the Bible keeps me from living in error. I didn't get enough, near enough help on that. I'm getting ready to walk around here now. I want you to hear me. There are some seducing spirits at work in America that are trying to tell people you don't need the church and you don't need, you don't need preaching and, and all you got to do is find your favorite podcast and I'm all about podcasts. I got my own set of podcast voices that speak into my heart. I love podcasts. I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm getting ready to say but if you take one encounter in the church that you and I had and it was horrible and it was hurtful and it was painful and out of that you let a doctrine be produced in your heart that you don't need the church and you don't need leaders and you don't need the word you become susceptible to seduction 
You don't have to say amen, but it's true anyway. There are people that I knew who started this race running a holy life for Jesus, and now they have listened to some jokers that wanted their money but didn't care about their soul. I feel like standing up here today and telling you, you better be careful what you let in your spirit. Well, he promised me. I don't care what he promised you. Holy water from Russia, nothing. And you would be absolutely amazed at how many people would listen to those charlatans who want their money and at 3 o'clock in the morning when they're looking for peace, they flip it on and send some money trying to get a breakthrough. And I'm telling you right now, save your money. Don't give it to a non-profit organization. Profit or never mind. We, we got we got to be protected. That little church I was raised in kept me from believing foolishness. That preacher didn't care if I was his best buddy or not. He cared about my soul. I want you to understand something, and this is serious to me. And I prayed with tears in my eyes this morning when I was praying to preach this message. I will stand before a thrice holy God one day and I will give an account how I stewarded the souls of the sheep in this house. And if you think for one moment that I'm going to preach something that would get your soul in trouble and jeopardize my eternal reward, I love you enough to tell you you are out of your cotton-picking mind. I'm going to stand before the Lord one day and he's going to, every sermon I ever preached will be in heaven recorded. And before the Lord, I want to stand before him with a pure heart and I want him to say to me, well done. It wasn't that I had the greatest social media following. It wasn't that I was the coolest or the most hip or the most popular. It's that every Sunday I walked into this pulpit, I opened up this holy Bible and I preached the truth to people who are on a journey trying to find Jesus. I didn't come here today because I want us just to be hip. I want to, yeah, I want to be hip. But more than hip, I want to be holy. More than cool, I want to be powerful. Oh, come on in here. More than political, I want to be prophetic. I want to speak the word of God with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody give the Lord praise. And young preachers, whoo, I feel I'm out here. I better go with it right here. Young preachers, you better hear me. We will stand before the Lord for what we did while we said we were preaching the book. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. This is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There's protection in being a part of the family of God. Let me tell you something right now. How many ever seen these National Geographic Explorer videos? You let that antelope get alone, lions will chase him down. I was watching a video last week of a, I think it was a buffalo. I don't know, it was something big. And a lion, a couple of lions got a hold of it. But the rest of the buffaloes came running. And one of them stuck his horn thing in the side of that lion thing. 
and threw that lion up in the air and the rest of the lions saw that one lion gimping along and they said, we don't want nothing to do with the buffaloes. What's the point? The point is run in a herd, get in a tribe, be a part of the family. If you, if you fall away from the family, it's easier for the lion to come and take you out. My God, today you don't have to be taken out. I feel the Lord on me right now. You don't have to be taken out. You will not be run over. You will not be overcome. You will not be defeated because when you run with the people of God, there is a grace and a blessing and a protection that comes over God's people. And when the enemy shows up to pick a fight we the people of God stand under the grace of God and we declare that we are we are God's holy army we are God's holy people and no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper somebody give him a praise in this room and number three and I'm through Psalm 92 not only do we come to encounter let me, let, me, let me go back to that last point because I feel the Lord want me to finish it. There's protection in the church. I remember when, I want to finish this thought. I remember when I was trying to find out who I was going to marry. Well, I had people all over the place saying, my daughter. Yeah, 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 mama. No, 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 hold on. No, my daughter, see her? This is the Lord showed me in a dream last night. Preacher, you was going to marry my, the Lord didn't show you nothing. That was pizza. I remember taking Devin to my little country 70-member church. It was January. We were holiness people. It was spitting snow outside. It was the craziest service I could have ever brought her to. Y'all know them kind of services? Where you're like, I'm going to take some friends, and you're like, Father, if you love me. And sure enough, that service will be the one where the helicopter takes off. Just. And then somebody give a message in tongues and your friends are like, what was that? And you're like, hang on, it's coming. Interpretation's coming, just hold on a second. It was one of them services. And we get up and we were all praising God, beating tambourines, blowing shofars, maracas, everything. Every instrument you could have imagined happening all at the same time. And one woman got up and took off running. She got so excited she ran out of the church. It was 21 degrees, spitting snow. Devin and I were sitting in the building and I'm going, no, this is not happening to me. This is not happening. We saw her in the windows. This is a true story. Devin will tell you this is true. We saw this dear sister in the windows all the way around the church. She came back into the church going, and it wasn't tongues. It was freezing. She was free. True story. And I'm sitting there to myself and I'm thinking, if this happens between me and this woman, it is God. Only, only God can make her stay with me after this one. But you want to know what happened? Later, Sister Patton, 
Y'all don't know her. She's in heaven today. Probably 75, 80 years old back then. She used to pray over me all the time. When I was 18, 19 years old, traveling and preaching, she'd call my mama. She'd say, I'm praying for Kevin, and the Lord showed me this, and I'm praying for Kevin, and the Lord showed me that. I almost made a serious mistake in my relationship life and would have had it not been for the prayers and the intervention of Sister Patton. Now, you think that's crazy, but I'm going to tell you right now, there are people that love you in the kingdom of God, and the further you get away from the body and the bride and the people of God, the more you distance yourself from voices of accountability that help you to see the way more clearly. Let me tell you something. You better be careful. All all my millennials, all the young people, all all the teenagers, you better be careful. Don't you disregard somebody because they got on a tie. I'm losing people right here, but I'm going to say it anyway. If they got to have a blue check after their name on their social media account to have any credibility in your life, you have a shallow spiritual discernment. The greatest prophets in my life, the greatest people that speak into my life don't even have an Instagram account. You be careful what you listen to. Stay close to people that weep over your soul and pray and cry out to God for God to give you. Am I talking to anybody in this? We need each other. And the Bible doesn't say it gets less and less. Paul said in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, this mess gets worse and worse. Seducing and being deceived. Deceiving and being deceived, the Bible says. So stay close. Look at your neighbor tell them, stay close. Last point, and I'm through. First one is encounter the presence. Secondly, I come to church to experience the protection of God. Thirdly, I come to church and get planted and gather with the believers, watch this, so that I can experience the prosperity of God in my life. Now, when I say prosperity, every one of you immediately determined that I'm talking about money. But prosperity is much more than how much money you have in the bank. Because I know some people that got lots of money, but they ain't got no joy. That's good preaching, Wallace. Now, I'm thankful for resources and money and increase. How many want God to bless you? Money's not evil. Money's not evil. The love of money the inordinate addiction to money, the desire to have it and do whatever you got to do to whoever you got to do it to to get it, that's what's evil. But money is not evil. In fact, the Bible said in the Old Testament, money answers all things. How many ever read that text? Money answers all things. It doesn't literally mean that money is the answer for all things. The word in the Hebrew for answer means it discloses. When you get money in your hand, it discloses who you are in your heart. I didn't get no help on that, but that was a decent point right there. Money does, listen, money isn't evil, but it will reveal if you are evil. Money isn't generous, but it will reveal, yeah. Money answers, money discloses, money shows your neighbor who you really are. I want you to prosper. I want you to open your Bible to uh, Psalm chapter 92. I'm almost done. Psalm chapter 92. Um, verse 12 through 15. Let me get this. 
this is why, I'm getting ready to read it to you. This is why I always talk about getting planted in a church. Get being planted in the family. Not planted in a building. Planted in the family. Because when you get planted in the family, things prosper. Well, I ain't never felt it in my life. When I got planted in a church, it was hell on earth. Keep on trying. Like, don't throw the program away just because you had a bad encounter. Listen, can I help you understand something? God told you to go to church. He would never tell you to go somewhere that wasn't meant for you and wasn't good for you. Look at this. 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish. Somebody say flourish. Like a palm tree, he shall grow up like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. I need some seasoned saints to give God a praise that just because you get older don't mean you get less fruitful. Elder going to give them a praise no matter what. Amen. Look at this. The righteous will be fat and flourishing. Oh, I'm getting ready to say something right here. Now, I know what that translation says. It says fresh, but it's only because it didn't want to offend us. In the Hebrew and in the King James and in many other translations, it's literally fat, and there's a reason why. First of all, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're going to come to church here, you're about to get fat. Everybody's like, I'm getting my stuff. I am over him today. He has ticked me off 13 times. I don't mean physically. I mean loaded in the spirit. What it literally means is a tree that is swollen with sap and the sap is seeping through the branches because it has no place to put all of the increase. That is what is getting ready to happen in your life. You're getting ready to swell. You're getting ready to grow. You're getting ready to flourish. So I did a little bit of studying. This is a plant. (laughs) Y'all like, oh, that's deep. (laughs) This is a plant. Do you know what this pot is called? Anybody here know? A nursery pot. I I thought so. (laughs) This is a nursery pot. It is meant to keep it functioning but it doesn't let it flourish. It's easy to move a tree around in a nursery pot. You can take this pot a lot of different places. It doesn't get settled in anywhere. It bounces from nursery to nursery. Or church to church. Never gets planted. It's alive enough to stay on the shelf. It's functioning. But this plant is supposed to be five feet tall. 
It's supposed to be budding and blooming and blossoming and branching out. But because it's in a nursery pot, its roots are contained and stuck. And if I were to pull this plant out, you would see all these roots trying to go somewhere, trying to expand, trying to grow. Why? Because if the fruit is going to increase, the root has got to go deeper. God, I wish I had somebody in the building today. There are some people trying to figure out why life won't increase and why things won't grow and why fruit won't come. I'm going to tell you, God sent me to tell you and I'm going to be through. You are living in a nursery pot and you are supposed to be planted in the house of the Lord and when somebody makes a decision this year that I'm not bouncing the rest of my life from the Methodist church and the Baptist church and the non-denominational church and the church of God and the assembly of God and the green church and the white church and the black church and the republican church and the democrat church y'all ain't gonna help me but I'm gonna preach anyway when you make up your mind I'm not floating around anymore I am called to be planted I'm getting ready to experience death in my root so I can have increase in my fruit. Somebody holler if I'm preaching right in this house. I got dirt everywhere. But it's worth it. You are supposed to be a beautiful plant in the Lord's house. Help me, Brian. When you come in here on Sunday, the grace on your life is supposed to make an impact on hurting people. Well, I don't have a microphone. You don't need one. Your hug in the lobby. Where are the parking lot people at? I'm going to do something. Where are the parking lot greeters at? Hold on, hold on. Stand up, please. Parking lot greeters. There are some other ones. They're probably already out there. Let me tell you something right now. Do you recognize that these men and ladies that are standing are the first line of diffusing the devil's assignment when people drive up on this property? Do you, oh, sit down, I'm in a mood to preach now. Do you understand that when people get here, they have preconceived notions about church? You got people who think one thing about us, people who think another thing about us. You got white people who drive up and think this is a white church. You got black people who drive up and think this is a black church. And when they drive up and see red and yellow, black and white in the parking lot, they can't stereotype us. They don't know what it is. They just know something's different about this house. Why? Because we're not here. Oh, we're not here for our own agenda. We're here for the kingdom of God and we recognize all of us have a grace in the house. Somebody give God praise in the church this afternoon. So this is the year when we get out the nurse, we're coming out of the nursery. Look at your neighbor and say, this year we're coming out of the nursery pot. Because it's not that you're not alive. It's not that you're not functioning. It's that you're not flourishing. And you won't get, you will not get to a place of flourishing until you get planted.
in the house of God. Now, I'm going to blow your mind and I'm through. When you get planted in the house of the Lord, roots run to the river. I'm waiting on rain. I've been down to that other church for a long time, waiting on rain. Wasn't no rain coming. You didn't get planted there. Because if you get planted there and it's got the Holy Ghost in it, the river in the house will get your roots and you'll start growing. Even if, has anybody in here other than me ever been a part of a church family that went through some seasons? And it was like strong seasons and there were seasons people left and then there were seasons when they didn't grow and there were seasons of transition and transformation. If you just stay planted, you'll run to the river. And the river is not seasonal. The river flows all the time. Some people in this room today are seasonal. As long as it's raining and good stuff's happening, you're living. But the first dry season you go through, if you're not planted in the house, if you're just in this little nursery pot, the first dry season you go through, you start wilting up. Why? Because your roots can't run to the river. But if you get planted in the house of the Lord, your roots can run to the river. And in a dry season, the river will sustain you. I want you to flourish. I want you to flourish in business. I want you to flourish in family. I want you to flourish in your marriage. I want you to flourish in your child raising. I want you to flourish in your college experience. I want you to flourish in, flourish in high school and middle school. I want you to flourish. I don't want you to survive. I want you to thrive. But some of us have got to make up our mind. This is the year I'm not going to live in a nursery pot anymore. It's, it's listen, y'all, I get it. It's safe. No risk. Nobody can hurt me in my nursery pot. The problem is this. You're limited. It's a lid. Well, I'm on my way to heaven. Is that really all you're trying to do? Get to heaven? Or are you trying to make a difference in the lives of others while you're on your way? Stand with me. I'm through preaching. love you Lord I need you you need me we're all a part of God's body stand with me agree with me we're all a part of God's body it is his will every need be supplied are important to me. I need you to survive. You are important. I need you to survive. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. It is His will that every need be supplied. You are. I need you to survive.
I want to do two things. I felt led in prayer this morning to pray for, for two groups of people. The first group, and I'm going to ask you just to give me a couple more minutes right here if you can. First is a group of people who would say, Pastor Kevin, heads bowed, eyes closed. Pastor Kevin, I've been hurt in church. Church is hard for me. I try to do it, but I do it at a distance because I'm a little bit nervous about getting ultra-connected again, and I just can't afford to go through that again. Would you pray for me, Pastor Kevin, that a grace of healing would come in my heart so that I can do this the way I'm intended to do it? If that's you and I talk to you today, would you be so courageous to lift your hand so I can pray with you? Just privately, yes, sir, God bless you. Yes, ma'am, hands are up all over this house. I thank you for those hands. If you're in this place today and you're in that place, just slip it up and pull it right back down. Pray for me, Pastor. I don't, I don't want to let a negative experience in my past keep me from. Father, I just pray for every brother and sister that just lifted their hand. So many of them, Father, have genuine, authentic pain that is very real, and we don't want to diminish or jeopardize or, 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 or trivialize that pain today. And we just, we're just asking you to come today, Holy Spirit strengthen hearts so that people can grow and flourish and we can get committed again and get planted again and become not just functioning but flourishing in the kingdom of God. I pray for them today that they'll be able to do that. Keep your hand on their life today, God. Why don't you just, I know this is a little bit mushy feeling, but can you just reach over and lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder all across the building? Let's just, let me just pray for the whole family today. The whole family Today, God, I'm grateful for every one of our brothers and sisters that are here. It's a beautiful tapestry of your kingdom. Oh, there's so much to be thankful for. As I look out over this congregation, the places from life that you've brought us, the things that you're doing in our life, Lord, the stuff you've brought us through and the pain you've delivered us from, the addictions that have been broken and the, the deception of the enemy and the bondage of darkness, all of it just broken off our life because you've got a plan and you love us. And I just bless the people of God today. I just, I rebuke self-righteous, religious, pharisaical spirits that have ruled in this city for years, that have divided the church and split the people of God. I rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. And I plead Jesus' blood now. And I thank you, God, for what your son Jesus prayed in John 17. Father, make them one and so you and I are one. Today, God, would you just tighten up the bonds of unity in this place? Would you just tighten up that, Father? Would you strengthen those cords of love that we have for one another and for you? Would you remind us of the power of being part of the church? That it's not the building that's the church. It's the gathering. It's the community. It's the life. It's, it's the body coming together. We need one another. And, Lord, I feel prompted by your spirit to pray for somebody watching me online right now. Lord, they're missing out on so much in your kingdom and so much in your family because of the pain, of the hurt, the disappointment. They've been wrecked by church. They've been wrecked by leaders in the church, and they just don't want to do this anymore. I'm praying for that dear brother or sister today that you will give them a grace, and that you're even feeling this while I'm praying, and there's something inside of you coming back to life, and I just want to come into agreement with you that that is the grace of God just telling you that you got too much to offer the kingdom. There's too much purpose in you to be hiding and sitting up on a shelf somewhere. You're just a few miles down the road, and you watch me every Sunday. You come to church with us every Sunday, and I'm telling you, I love you, and we love you, and we're glad you watch, but we want you to come and flourish with us and grow with us this. 
we want you to become everything Jesus is calling you to be. And I, I know that there are people who have physical limitations, so I don't want you to think I'm talking to you. I, I, I'm not trying to put a burden on anyone that can't get here physically. But I want to tell you this. There's more for you and I than living in a nursery pot. He wants us to flourish in the courts of God. God, today I thank you for this church and for what you're going to do in 2020 in it. I sense a swell and increase. Lord, your word says in the book of Acts that you added to the church daily. This past week, y'all, this is a reason for us to celebrate before we go home. This past week, Pastor Gary and the shared team went into what prison was it? Bradley in the worst part of Bradley. Like this was the this was the people that very rarely get to go to church. 37 people gave their heart to Jesus. And y'all, y'all, come on. 37, I'm talking about some jacked up people that needed Jesus and they found him and the love of God rescued them. Somebody help me praise the Lord. So the second group of people I need to pray for, heads bowed, eyes closed. Anybody lost who needs Jesus to save them? If you need Christ to come into your heart and rescue you and save you, I'm counting to three. And when I say three, I don't care how far away from Jesus you feel and how messed up and screwed up you think your life is. If you need him to rescue you, when I say three, lift your hand and he'll save you. One, two, three, right now. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand, sweetheart. God bless you, sir, I see that hand. Anyone else, you can put your hands down. Everyone look at me. This is how we do this. I'm I'm about to let the congregation go, but don't leave before you do this. There's a person on your right and on your left. You may have known them your whole life. You may have never met them before today. But I want you to help me this morning. I don't want you to look at that person on your right and on your left and ask them one question. Do you need someone to go to the altar and pray with you? And if you lifted your hand, or you should have, because you need Jesus to save you, when they ask you that question, nod your head. I'm coming down here to meet you right here in this altar. Anybody at all who wants to give their heart to Jesus before they leave, come right now. Anybody at all. Come on. Come on. God bless you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Anybody else? I want to give my life to you. Come on. Come on, sweetie. There's time. This is a good morning to get right with God. Come on. They're coming. I wish somebody would help me praise the Lord. It's a good morning to give it all to Jesus. Stretch your hands toward this altar, please. I want you to pray for our brothers and sisters like you want somebody to pray for you the day you gave your life to Christ. Elder Huffstetler, Pastor Gary, and the team are going to pray with them and make sure that they know what's going on. Father, I thank you for our people today. I thank you for this church. The church is your people, your ecclesia that you called out. And as we gather, we gather in your name. We encounter your power. We experience your protection. And Father, we expect to flourish in this life. Add to our church daily. Add to their lives daily. Bless the people in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, sweetheart. Come on. It's never too late. Come on. Come on. It's never too late. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday nights. I pray, come on. I pray for you. You pray for me. 